Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Blue Murder Club. My name's Carol. And I'm Lauren. How you doing, Lauren? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Enjoying the sunshine. How are you? I'm good, thanks for asking. Having a lovely day with oh, you, yes. my dear. We're getting there. We've had a few hiccups this morning. <laughs> yeah, we really have, but moving on. <laughs> yeah, it's all new to us, listen. Just bear with us, it'll be fine. Well, being as we're up to Series 2, Episode 2, yeah. it's not that new. <laughs> well... I can't, ex- I don't know, I don't know. No. I've got no excuses, but we're <laughs> getting enough. there. Yeah, but like, but yeah, it is a beautiful day today. We're having a nice little heat wave, aren't we, in oh, the UK at the moment? absolutely stunning. Mm. And the days where it was its hottest, I went and got some aircon. I was a bit naughty. Oh, good for you. But it was like Christmas Eve. Honestly, <laughs> there were people pushing each other out of the way to yeah. get to the units. And Didn't someone try and steal your trolley? Yeah, I'd slap their hands away. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was just a free-for-all. Yeah. It really was. Oh, my goodness. That sounds so funny. Yeah, fun. Mm, but still, at least you'll be nice and cool now. Yeah. Well, that's the hope. Um, Yeah, so here we are. Like I say, episode two of our second series. Mm-hmm. Um. This one we're covering today is the case of Delroy Easton Grant. Yes. Um, AKA the Night Stalker. AKA there's a slight chance me and Lauren may say <laughs> Del Delboy by mistake. So Oops, my po- bad. Apologies in advance <laughs> if we accidentally slip up and call him Delboy. We don't mean it. We no. mean Delroy. Yeah. Um so yeah, so we're covering this case um on the back of our visit to CrimeCon a yeah. month or two ago, isn't it, Lauren? Yeah. So uh yeah, it was a really good, wasn't it? And we uh, were really intrigued by the uh, Levi, our uh, Belford, is it? Levi Belf, Levi Belfield case. Field case, mm. and we was yeah, we was really intrigued on that one. And when we went and heard Colin talk about it, this one, Colin, kept, Colin Sutton, isn't Colin it? Colin Sutton, yeah. Pop, and this one kept popping up, and it's just. I said to you, I started to watch it, didn't I? And I got a bit scared, so I turned it off. Yeah, so when we was at CrimeCon, we was, ch- we was chatting to Colin Sutton, weren't we? And mm-hmm. he, he was um, selling a book based on this case, The mm-hmm. Night Stalker. And um, I didn't realise, but they've actually made a TV show of it as well. Yeah. Which you tried to watch, didn't you, when it came out last year? Yeah. But you said, after five minutes, <laughs> you shit yourself and turned, turned it, off. it off. <laughs> yeah, it's got Luther, like the man under the bed feels to me. It's, it's, it's his, quite... His M.O. It's just freaky. Yeah, his M.O. is creepy as fuck, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And he, the things he done, like take the light bulbs out um, and the, all, arrange all the ornaments outside the window mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, just really... And his actual M.O. of elderly people. Mm. It's just scary, really scary. Yeah, so like most burglars would probably select a house that they thought would be empty. Mm-hmm. He did and he selected a house that he knew would have an elderly person in. Yeah. And then he would deliberately wake them up. They would try and turn the light on and be terrified because obviously th- th- there was no light. Yeah. He'd wake them up usually by shining a torch in their face. Um, in the middle up. of the night and then just spend hours and hours with them. Yeah. Just, just literally would take his sweet time. <sighs> but then as you said, he... He was also really. It was. Oh, it would. It. I think for the police, most of the time, it's obvious whether or not this was um, a Minstead case. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry, I forgot to say Minstead is what the name of the operation they called it in the yeah. end. Um, 
we mentioned that he was called the Night Stalker, but there are quite a few other cases of the Night Stalker. Yeah, Richie Ramirez, and you've picked up on one as well, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, last week for a bit of research, I thought I'd listen to just a little podcast mm-hmm. about the Night Stalker. So I started playing it and I was walking along listening to it and it started out saying something like, oh, the first crime happened in Walthamstow in 2009. And I'm thinking... Now, I've read loads about this. None of the crimes happened in East London. They were all in South London. What the hell was yeah. going on? But I still listened to it for another 10 minutes before they mentioned the fella's name. And it, and it wasn't Delroy Kwan. It was some <laughs> other geezer that they call the Night Stalker. So from now on, I think we're going to refer to him either as Delroy, aren't we? Yes. Or Minstead. The Min- Minstead yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, yeah, so Minstead, um, yeah, so one of his MOs was obviously, like Lauren said, he took the light bulbs out. But then he also used to cut the phone wires as well. So when he was finished with the crime, the victims couldn't get on the phone oh. for, for help. So, um, but th- because the crimes covered 17 years, or yeah. the first crime started in 1992 mm-hmm. and he weren't caught till 2009. Yeah. He started out by cutting the phone wires. By the end of his crime spree, he was hiding their mobile phones. Wow, yeah. So that just goes to show, in a quite an obvious way, that the, how long he was committing these crimes yeah, for. Yeah, it does. That's a it. really good analogy, Point I think. Of reference, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like things like that. So you can always kind of see the, the, how the times are changing and mm-hmm. kind of think to yourself yeah. where the time is, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. It's, it shows what the... When he started this crime spree, mm-hmm. we were still in the, firmly in the analogue age. Yeah. And by the time he was captured, digital. we were firmly in the digital age, yeah. Because yeah. he's gone from one minute into the other yeah. and still just getting away scot-free. Yeah, so I don't think we'll be discussing all these crimes today because it will take us 20 years. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's a lot of crimes in between the ones that have been mentioned that he could have possibly done, but they yeah. just are unsure because there are gaps in the story, isn't there, and gaps in the timeline. Mm-hmm. And to do it for that long... He must be must be a um, dab and it, shall we say? Yeah, um, they rest estimate there was around two hundred crimes, mainly burglaries. Wow! So he was he was a burglar. Yeah. who Sometimes committed sex offences as oh, well and yeah. physical assaults. Awesome. Um, and then there were seventy six cases involving physical assault. Mm-hmm. For example, like he slapped them, kicked them, pushed them, mm. and fifty two of those were indecent assaults. So mainly he was a burglar, mm-hmm. and secondly he was also yeah. a, a sex offender slash rapist. Yeah. So I used to care, as you know, mm. but my listeners don't. I used to care for a ninety-year-old woman, and I absolutely loved this job. Yeah. And to think that any harm like this could have come to her is just sickening. Makes my stomach hurt. It's mm. it's just awful, awful. Them poor, poor people. Well, his eldest victim was ninety-three. So defenceless. And it, what you, oh, it's, yeah, it's unfathomable to me that someone could do that, you know? It is such a wicked mm-hmm. crime. It is, it really is. It's and was, a lack of empathy to the nth degree, yeah. isn't it? And I was really intrigued about his history and why he chose that kind of MO. Yeah, so did you find anything out when you went, because you went down his uh, background, didn't mm. you, a little bit to see if you could find any, any clues or any red flags as to what was a. Yeah, well, again, I, I like a bit of profiling, don't I? Um, yeah. And I really tried to look and find something. Um, and I just couldn't find anything really that would point in a certain direction. I don't think they know unless yeah. um, is going to say. Mm. You know, sometimes that's the case unless they explain why they do the things they do. So this could be a case of nature instead of nurture. Nurture, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly that. We, I just don't know. I couldn't find anything. Mm. Sometimes it's obvious, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. you look at cases and you think, well, they're clearly going to well, gonna like, be damaged. But yeah. a lot of the times you can't see anything. No. Well, last week's case, prime example, yeah. where she was good as gold, wasn't she? Um, Joanne Dennett. Yeah, yeah, right up until the age of 15 and then just went off the rails. So there was nothing in her, mm. nothing. And I, again, done as much as I could. Yeah. Because that side of it fascinates me, but couldn't find a thing. No, exactly. So, shall I get into him? Yeah, what did you find? What did you dig out? So, he was the youngest of three and he was born in Jamaica in 1957. Oh, the youngest of three? Mm-hmm. Baby again. So, obviously, his older siblings we've never heard of. No. So, it can't be... Well, there you go. Nurture. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, so he was brought, in Jama- uh, brought up in Jamaica and his mother walked out on the family when he was two years old. Mm-hmm. And he was raised by his elderly aunt. So that, to me, his elderly aunt raising him had something, maybe, <laughs> in mm. that story, in that narrative somewhere. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. But that just rang a bell. You know, when I get like this, mm. I get a little nugget of information and I hold on to it. So maybe that's what it is. No, but you are very intuitive as well. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, he moved to the UK at the age of 15 with his father. And he was a religious man. And his father, George, thought it would, by moving to the UK, it would give his son a better chance in life. And he was quoted saying, I brought him to England to develop himself so that he would try and get a good job. And look what he did. Mm. So he's... He, look what he did. Yeah, look what he did, the nasty fucker. Sorry. <laughs> so we know he had a few convictions before moving. He had one for petty theft and he had one of armed robbery of a post office. Mm. Um, and in 1950, uh, 1975, Delroy met and married a lady called Janet Watson after a world romance. And she said he was obsessed then with cleanliness. And she suffered at the hands of this man from domestic abuse. So he had one face for the public and another face for behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. well, I don't even think he was hiding it much this, at this point in his mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I think um, quite a lot of people have mentioned this in his early life. That, oh, really? So, yeah, he wasn't hiding it by net, like at this point in his life. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <clears throat> do you know what he did? What the asshole did? Go on. He attacked her mm. um, while she was in labour, giving birth to his son. Did he? Yeah. Oh. Vile, isn't it? Absolutely vile. So they separated after the birth of two sons in 1977. So they met in 1975, so two years. Mm-hmm. She's had two sons and yeah. suffered quite greatly here at the hands of him. Yeah. And her dad has been really against Delroy. Mm-hmm. All, like, even before this, because of how he treated his daughter. Yeah. <clears throat> so people at this time often said he was very charming but a horrible bully behind closed doors so he he's not got that veneer at the minute he's not built up to that at the minute mm-hmm. so in his young life he's like people can see him for what he is oh okay um yeah so he moved from south london to leicester where he met jane finley and the couple also had two children together so they've mar- not married mm-hmm so he was um, convicted of handling stolen goods in 1991 while with Janet. So he's still ducking and diving. Yeah. So he's got four children by two different women by now. And I think Janet did suffer as well at the hands of him mm-hmm. from domestic violence. So at, in 91, police are also looking into old, um, unsolved sex attacks in Leicester area in the late 80s. Oh, Just okay. a side note. Mm-hmm. So he's moved back to South London after his relationship ended and he worked as a lorry driver, a cab driver and a handyman. So do you think by working as a handyman, he's got some idea of who's living alone? Because he could have quite easily been these elderly handyman's people. Well, what I was going to say, you mentioned he did a brief spell in prison, didn't Mm -hmm. he? For handing stolen goods. So, part of his rehabilitation when he came out, he had to do community service. That's right. Guess yeah. where he did that community service? Our in people's a, in our people's yeah. He learned how to. Yeah. He learned how to look after them, how to check their welfare mm-hmm. and things like that. So, Colleen Sutton mentioned in his book, mm-hmm. ironically, that could have steered him down that path. Right. Because um, you see, time and again, when he... Um, when he had completed his attacks on some of the mm-hmm. elderly people, he'd check their pulse. Yes. and Or cover them in a blanket, get them a glass of water. He had picked those skills up, obviously, from doing from his doing community <laughs> service. Wow. It's pretty ironic, isn't it? He's yeah. supposed to be being rehabilitated. Basically, they're teaching him survival skills. <laughs> is this coming off, like, the, I'm hoping, the community service list of helping is how people's homes are off after this? Doubt it because they always need cheap labour, don't they? Yeah, true. They're always going to put them in harm. Yeah. So this is where things start to change for him. Mm. So he's starting to learn how to hide his natural character oh, and his right nature. Yo. Yeah. 
So he- oh, just quickly, I was going to say the old folk. Sorry, the uh, handyman job. Mm-hmm. That would have come in handy for him breaking into That's houses. That's what I'm saying to you, yeah. Because he um, removed the beading from around the window panes yeah. to get in. So get he in. probably did learn that during that point. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So in 91, he met and married his second wife. So this is, um, sorry. So this was his third relationship that we know of, mm-hmm. um, and they were devoted Jehovah Witnesses. Mm. So by now that he's really, really good at hiding the nasty side of his personality. The couple also had two sons, so now he's got six sons mm-hmm. by three different women. He was very, very popular in the neighbourhood. Everyone saw him as a great guy, a devoted husband to Jennifer. So Jennifer's his wife. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden, Jennifer gets ill. Yeah. And then what Delroy does, I have to keep checking his name, so there's always <laughs> going to be a pause before his name. So what he does, he, he shows to the outside world he's this devoted. And to be fair, I don't think he she suffered with domestic violence from him. Mm. I don't think she did. Yeah. Because now he's into the burglars burglaries the rapes and stuff like that he's getting his needs met from that side of things mm. he hasn't got to do that at home so he's, he can hide it yeah which is a sad thing um do you remember the fritzel case when he said i only done it to my daughter so no other women got hurt oh yeah so mm-hmm. delroy's done the opposite he's only he's doing it to other people so mm-hmm. his wife doesn't get hurt yeah that's how i see it so yeah, he um he was Jennifer's carer when she got ill, um, all the while carrying out these horrific crimes, and guess what, Kaz? Mm. He's using while doing this a car that he got through the government's mobility scheme. Oh yeah, so he's got this car through the mobility scheme for Jennifer mm-hmm. to care for her and look after her. Oh. <laughs> And using the car to do these crimes mm. that the government has basically paid for. <laughs> Another ironic. You couldn't make it up, could you? No, you couldn't really, could you? <laughs> Bit ironic, isn't it? So, yeah, so at this point, he's the pillar of the community, which everyone, as I mentioned, quite a lot. He's this great guy. Everyone was so shocked. Obviously, not the first half of his life. I can guarantee. The dad I was telling you about of yeah. the first wife, thought, yeah, I know that. I, c- mm. I can quite easily see that because he called it from day dot. Mm. 
but everyone he's met in his later life are completely and utterly shocked because they're under his charm. Yeah, I agree. Um, at the end of the book, there was um, some quotes from their neighbours mm-hmm. and their neighbour, like obviously they, they, they said it's a, they were shocked. It's a close-knit communi- mm-hmm. community, this lady that was um, being interviewed. And she said that um, they would never in a million years dream that he would do anything like that mm-hmm. because he was seen as an upstanding pillar of the community. There we go. There's that phrase again. It literally yeah. is written in the book in black and yeah. white. That's what she said. There we go. And... Um, they all they see was this devoted husband who cared for his wife because mm-hmm. she was so poor. I think she had ME and it was progressive to yeah. the point where she was in a wheelchair and she was housebound. Mm-hmm. So it, like they'd seemed like well she wouldn't be housebound, housebound, but she would be if it weren't for him yeah. and he'd take her out for walks and stuff. And all they that's the image he projected yeah. was he was a devoted husband <sighs> and uh, loving father yeah. and, and a pillar of you know, pillar of the community. Everyone was happy to go out for a drink with him. Yeah. No one got creepy vibes from him mm-hmm. so yeah you're right he's obviously over the years he's managed to hide that side of his personality yeah. and only release it when he goes out yeah night stalking yeah because we know from certain people don't we that they, they can hide it from an early age they know mm. um i think we covered one where they he was killing israel keys wasn't it yeah i was gonna say israel and keys. he knew that that behavior wasn't right in it when he was in his early teens wasn't mm. it but he learned to hide it pretty quickly yeah whereas uh, it looks like Delroy couldn't until his later mm. life yeah I think so he may sh- like deflect yeah yeah so this brings us up I'm going to start at 2009 mm-hmm. so it's April slash May 2009 mm-hmm. is is the point in the, in the story or the crime line mm-hmm. of when Colin Sutton enters it so by this point um, the police the Met have been after this um, night stalker mm-hmm. for 17 years. They know he's been active. They know his first crime has happened in 92. Yeah. And they're really getting nowhere with the investigation. So someone invites um, Colin Sutton to come in. Just just review it. Not, yeah. not take over the case. Just review it. Fresh pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. Can you let me know? You know, please just let us know if you've got any ideas. Yeah. Because we're getting nowhere with this case. Yeah. Where are we? Uh, this is 2009. April to May... April yep. slash May 2009 is when Colin is asked to and he starts to review the case. So following in his steps, he goes back to 1992, the first case. Yep. Um, the case is called Operation Minstead. And um, yeah, like I say, it's a bit of an albatross by now because nobody, they're not getting anywhere with it. No. Everyone's quite demotivated. Mm-hmm. No one feels like they're getting anywhere. There's still old people still being viciously attacked. And anyway, so Colin goes back. Crime one, 12th of October 92, in a town called Shirley, uh, south of Croydon. Mm-hmm. So, this is South London. Shirley, um, this lady is 84 years old. Um, and uh, it says she was an 84 year old spinster. She was attacked in her bed by a black man who was wearing a balaclava. Mm-hmm. He held her down, pinning her to the bed as she awoke to be confronted by a masked silhouette in the darkness, virtually blinded by the beam, beam of his torch pointing directly into her eyes. He'd broken in by a side window, and before stealing £25 in cash, a pocket watch and jewellery, he raped her. Unusually, he'd kissed her both on the cheek and the mouth during her, uh, her ordeal, putting her face to his with such force that he'd dislodged her dentures. Oh. Um, when he'd finished the crime, she went to call for help. Uh, she found that he'd removed many of the light bulbs from the sockets. Um, she found a, a little set of steps. Oh, love And her. she replaced a bulb, giving her some oh, the light she needed. She grabbed the phone. <laughs> so this poor lady, you know, she's oh. so old and fell, but she's managed to get a little set of steps out, replace the light bulb, gone to get the phone. Fuckers cut the cord. So oh. the, phone, the phone's dead. So, um... So she quickly put her clothes on and she went to her niece's house that lived oh. nearby and then she raised the alarm. She just said she'd been burgled, but once the yeah. police arrived, she confided that she'd also been raped. Oh, lover. How horrendous. So, and there it began. There it begins. So obviously she gets swabbed, they take it, they mm-hmm. get his DNA. So first time they've got his DNA on yeah. file. Well, um, just before Colin jumps in, isn't it? That's what they're doing, aren't they? Yeah. So when, um, when well, well, yeah, we'll come to that, we'll yeah, come to okay. that bit at the end. Yeah, I'm just okay. going to cover a few of the crimes first of all. So Colin Sutton is like literally reviewing the case. So that's the first one. Uh, then that's in uh, 92. Mm-hmm. So during 90, between 92 and 98, there were 32 more lodged offences. But mm-hmm. like you mentioned, there probably were more, but they yeah. went under the radar. 
Um, and then we've got uh, Saturday, the 5th of September, 98. Yeah. There was a, another rape. They've got the DNA from that rape and matched it. So they know that there's a oh. series okay. coming along. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just uh, go to the page. Yeah. So this was an 81-year-old lady who lived alone in a bungalow mm-hmm. in a quiet little cul-de-sac in Warlingham, mm-hmm. which is just over the border in the Surrey police area. Mm-hmm. So Surrey just borders South London. Right. Uh, she had severe mobility issues, having had a double hip replacement. Oh, she God. suffered from arthritis and was dependent on a stick to walk. Um, she'd lived there for 11 years, 10 of those alone since her husband had passed away. Now, she had a key attached to a piece of string at the fence at the back so her home helps could have easy access yeah. to her home. So this time the night stalker didn't need to remove a pane of glass, he just used the key. So and he's obviously watching his victims, isn't he? If he knows that they've got a key at the gate. Possibly how... not. He would have just broken in anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is as well, when, you, when you're when a policeman or a burglar, mm-hmm. you can walk down the street and it's obvious what house belongs to an elderly person. You can just tell. Yeah. Like if you've got, for instance, a house with a, with a younger safe. family... Mm-hmm. No, not a key safe, because it was round the back, he wouldn't have seen it. Um, so if you've got a house with like a younger family or more modern people living mm-hmm. there, the front garden probably would be converted into a drive. Okay. Elderly people tend to keep a front garden. Okay, They yeah. do. No, that's true. And they'll probably will still have pebble dashing. Yeah. Um, they'll probably still have their original windows. It's pretty obvious when you know what you're looking for. Wow, what, yeah. What to look for. Yeah. Whether it's a young family that's living there or if it's an elderly person who's on their own. So... Um, so yeah, he uh, he just let himself in with the key, and funnily enough, he um, also took the key with him. Oh god, <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? But yeah, so this old lady, she'd gone to bed at around eleven and was woken three or four hours later when she became aware of someone in her bedroom. Now, Lauren, put yourself in her shoes. How terrifying! Uh, honestly, it's awful. I can't. The feeling. Oh, yeah, the fear must overwhelm you. <sighs> you must be absolutely yeah. paralysed with it. Yeah. So she opened her eyes. To the terrifying sight of a masked man standing over her with a torch. And it's been making it difficult for her to make out any details mm-hmm. of his appearance. He held her shoulders down and asked for money. She pleaded that she had none. She cried out and he instantly stifled her plea for help, sh- forcing a gloved hand hard over her mouth, telling her, shut up, don't make a noise, don't tell anybody. Oh, God. Um, she told him... I think you are thoroughly mean. Oh. Poor little thing. He began to search the bedroom by torchlight before returning to her, casting off the bedclothes and removing her underwear. And then he sexually assaults oh, her. Oh, no. I wish he'd got a stick and shoved it right up his ass. <laughs> Sorry. So do I. I mean, he deserves it. Oh. Uh, he, he tried unsuccessfully to rape her. And she she just said it was just she her legs she had so much arthritis. Oh God, love. Um, yeah. So he he tried, but uh, and then she said she felt ill and he gave up trying to rape her. Um, but he did leave some uh, semen on the bed. Wow. So again, so they were able. Yeah. yeah, they were able to get the DNA from that. Um, he got off the he got off the bed, pulled the sheet and blankets back over her, and then he tried to find a pulse in her wrists. I mean, oh. what the fuck? What a weirdo. Um, yeah, so they're saying this ordeal was over quite quickly by Minstead standards as he spent just a few more minutes searching for any money and stuff yeah. and then he left empty-handed. Um, poor lady, she didn't say, tell anybody. She thought she'd just tough it out. But then she said the next day as it started to turn to evening again, she got frightened that he'd come back. Oh, she phoned no. her son and told him what had happened. So the police came and she, everything was medically, forensically yeah. um, checked and that's when they found out he'd taken the key as well. Oh, God. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that was that that lady. Then we've got twentieth of June, ninety nine, a seventy one year old lady. Um, again, this was in. Uh, oh, sorry, beg your pardon. Where are we? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, here we are, Beckenham. So that's South London again. Yeah. Early hours. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a man broke into the house of a seventy one year old. Woman. He removed a pane of glass from a rear ground floor window. He found her asleep in her upstairs bedroom and he leant across her body, his weight causing her to wake with a terrified mm. start. Uh, she just saw that he was just a large black male. He put his hand across her mouth and nose and, and caused her to struggle. And then he, he put a couple of pillows over her head. Oh my God. Jeez, oh, honestly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so once she stopped struggling, he took he took it off and he 
he demanded diamonds and money. Then he told her he wanted oral sex from her. Oh, God. She asked to get some water and he um, he let her. He followed her and then she tried to hit him in the, tried to hit him in the bollocks. Good girl. Yeah. But she, she missed. Oh, love her. And she knocked the torch from his hand. Well, at least she give it a good go. She give it a go, yeah. She fought, she's a fighter. Yeah. Um, uh, as he scrabbled on the ground to pick it up, she played with him to leave her alone. Um, perhaps not expecting to her to be so spirited and like to fight back and everything. Um, uh, he fled. And then she called for help. Oh. But she found that he'd pulled the telephone wire and he turned off the electricity to the main fuse for the um, for the lights. Uh, so she she got away with a few cuts and scrapes and obviously mm-hmm. terrified and all that sort of thing. Um, the next one, this is a really sad case. This is early July and this was a man, a male victim, 83 years oh. old. And um, he was one of the fellas who um, cracked the code at Bletchley Park during the Second World oh, War. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's like an old war hero. Wow. And, you know, made of sterner stuff. Yeah. So he was partially blind oh. and he had Parkinson's disease. <coughs> he went to bed about 10 o'clock at night and he was woken a few hours later by, again, a dark man sitting at the end of his bed with a torch asking for money. Uh, the man he explained that he had about five quid. Um, the burglar dragged him out of bed and fog marched him down to the hallway, took 17 quid from a small wooden box. Mm. He was then dragged back in the bedroom where he got he, the fella just laid into him, started punching him all about the body. Oh, love him. And then he sexually assaulted the old fella as well. Oh, God. Um, and he, yeah, he was still there, like, when he, I think he said he was there till about 4, 4 30 in the morning. The man tried oh. to call the call for some help. The telephone line was dead. Um, he he cried out. So he, I think he leant out the window and just shouted for help. And then eventually the police came. Oh, love him. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So quickly, you've just said that the bloke said he's only got £5 and he found £17. In a little box. You know you said he's primarily a burglar. Yeah. What the fuck? He ain't got nothing to burgle. They haven't really got money, older people, have they? To be honest, they do. Old people tend to stash their money at home. Do you reckon? A lot of them do, yeah. A lot of them do. Because the lady I looked after, Mm. uh son had all the money and that's would. very wise but yeah but usually yeah. they keep it in like a box under the bed or oh, something don't. yeah and they will have family heirlooms as well oh isn't it awful because mm. he would take stuff and pawn it and things like that just like probably jewelry yeah. that sort of thing um yeah so that was in that was in Coulston, uh croydon mm. um we've got we've got quite a few more crimes here but Let's um let's suffice to say it carries on over the years. There's um there's a particularly nasty one at the end of the nineties where the lady has to have surgery. Oh god. He brutalises her so <gasps> badly that she's 
has a perforated bowel and things like oh, that. Oh, he, he almost kills her with the rape. Oh, And then God. he goes dormant for about three years. So he, then he comes back in the early noughties and then we'll bring us up to speed because it's getting depressing that, talking about yeah. all of these cases. Yeah, do you think it scared him by that point? Yeah. Is that why he took I a break? I think so, yeah. I mean, he left her in a pool of blood. Oh, my God. And um, Yeah, I'm not going to read that one no. out. But suffice to say, she managed to survive it, but mm-hmm. I don't think she survived long. You see, it's, uh, you could say oh, manslaughter on yeah. that one. I agree. Um, yeah, so this brings us up to speed now. Let's just go back to Colin yeah. Sutton and what he decides to do. So he looks at this with a fresh set of eyes. He goes through all the crimes. He identifies that this man is a burglar primarily mm-hmm. who sometimes also likes to assault these victims. Yeah. Um, so the fact that the, pe- the police on the case at that moment have been mainly focusing on... DNA analysis because mm-hmm. they've got his DNA. Mm-hmm. They keep doing mass DNA swabs with yeah. the population, so they, they're picking um, black men between the ages of eighteen and sixty. I think mm-hmm. it's a huge pool of yeah. people to try and mass DNA test. Mm-hmm. Costs a lot of money, takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Plus, most people aren't compliant. Most people aren't yeah. going to want to voluntarily give their no, DNA, are of they? Not. And I think when at the point when he took this case on, he asked the guy in charge. How many people did your DNA swab last week? He went one. Uh, yeah, exactly. He said, well, we're never going to catch him no. then, are we? We're never going to catch him using this method. We need yeah. to look at it with a fresh set of eyes. Let's come up with a new tactic to catch this yeah. man. So this is what he does. Eventually, over time, he takes over as senior investigating mm-hmm. officer. Um, because I think the guy who was investigating it went off sick. He wasn't very well. Yeah. So it kind of coincided quite well that Connie took over yeah. at that point. And he gives it his full attention. He decides, because most of the crimes take place in... They, I think they all take place in South London. Mm-hmm. But most of them are within quite a small area mm-hmm. near the Croydon, uh, Croydon Shirley area of South right. London. He wants to do surveillance. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, he's noticed like in more recent crimes, he's been taking some of his victims' debit cards. Right. And there's an ATM in particular that he likes to use to try and draw money out. Like most of the time, people don't give him the right yeah. pin, so it's it doesn't get he doesn't yeah. get money out. But because of that technology, they can see that this is an ATM that this man uses. Wow! So seventeenth uh, of October, Colin Sutton puts he starts to put surveillance on this ATM. Yeah. Probably around, around about October time, he mm-hmm. starts to put surveillance on. Mm-hmm. He checks what time this man usually uses it, and yeah. it's usually around about three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's when there's no one around, so yeah. he's not going to be seen. Although he's captured on CCTV, but he's base, he's got a baseball cap and a balaclava. You mm-hmm. can't identify him. Yeah. But you can see what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. So they know that he's got this certain jacket and a certain yeah. hat. Yeah. But that's all really. There's nothing really to go on. So he says, right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put a car with a couple of uh, detectives on there to, su- to just to surveillance. Yeah. Just in case, if anyone comes back wearing those clothes, you know, yeah. we can... We can nab we, him. We'll nab yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, on this night, 17th of October, this night in particular, Minstead man, um, he turns... So they've... But sorry, let me backtrack. The detectives are posted there between midnight and 5.30am. Okay. So that gives him a good like three hours either side mm-hmm. of when he usually goes. Mm-hmm. So Colin Sutton's thinking, I'm being quite generous here. Yeah. He's, he's never going to go before midnight because yeah. there's people around. He's never going to go after 5.30 because people are around. Yeah. So the, um, the officers, they... They wrap up just after 5.30. It's about 5.34, 5.35 in the morning. Yeah. They wrap up and they drive off. <laughs> 5.45. No. Minstead turns up with a stolen fucking card. No. And they miss him by 10 minutes. And you can imagine how annoyed everybody is, how disheartened they all oh are. Oh, my. They were so close. They were so close to catching him at that so point. Close. Yeah, this is the 17th of October, 2009. So already, I would say, even though they were disheartened, if it was me, I yeah. would think, brilliant, we're getting somewhere because yeah. that's so much closer than anyone's come in the last 17 Before. years. Exactly. These surveillance tactics are working. So again, he's, what he's done is he's expanded on that yeah. particular scenario. Good on him, yeah. He's looked at the whole area where Minstead operates mm-hmm. and he's gone in and he's gone in to try and get funding to do a mass surveillance operation yep. on this whole area. Yeah. And he, um, so he goes in and he, he asks, it's going to cost a lot of money because mm-hmm. he wants to do this surveillance where they'll hire like um, an empty flat and yeah. put people in there every night 
and they'll have um they have air support as well but again it's so high no one can see i was gonna say that surely yeah, yeah someone it, could spot that yeah that is so high they can't see okay. so it's real undercover surveillance and wow. then it's also got um there's a place over in uh battersea which is a bit like it looks a bit like spooks where there's a big uh room and it's covered in monitors and yes it's all the cctv oh, feeds live feeds wow. go in and he's got access to that as well um, he oh, said, I'd have loved to have been in that room. Yeah, it's wicked, isn't it? So yeah. that's where he carries it out. So he gets given the funding to go ahead and do it. Yeah, he's got like something like fifty officers every single night. Wow! Literally just watching. Um, luckily, these areas where these victims live, mm-hmm. they're quite heavily like white middle class areas. Yeah. Um, you're going to get the odd dog walker up till probably ten, eleven at night, and that's it. Then it's really quiet. Yeah, a single black man wearing a balaclava is mm-hmm. going to stand out. A mile, yeah. A mile, yeah, exactly. And um, so that's what they do, and they just sit there and they wait. And um, there's one evening, I think it's the 28th of October, so it's really not long after the ATM no. incident. No. Um, he commits three crimes in one night. He does three oh, burglaries no. in one night, and not one of them is under the surveillance area. Oh, for fuck's sake. But, one of, but, but the good thing about it... Is because there's three different areas. Yeah. They can look on the CCTV. Uh, and what they do, they pick up CCTV from... Because um, they still don't know what car he's driving. Yeah. But they know he's got a car because mm-hmm. of how quickly he's got from scene to scene. They yeah. know he can't do it on from foot. From A to B. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it on foot. Yeah. There's not enough time. So they get CCTV from school. Mm-hmm. And at the correct time when he would have gone past, because they've figured it out from the three crimes mm-hmm. that he does, they detect he's driving a silver Vauxhall Zafira. How good is that? Yeah. Now, there are a lot of them, but doesn't it narrow it down? It does. It's got to yeah, get that just a bit smaller. Exactly. And listen, we know what it what happened, how he obtained that vehicle. Go on the government's website. Have a check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's what he's got. And so, at the next morning's brief with mm-hmm. all the detectives, they, they're informed, look out also yeah. for this uh, silver-coloured Vauxhall Safira. Have they got a number plate? No, they can't see the number okay. plate. No, unfortunately, it would okay. have been so much easier. But they, they couldn't, it didn't okay. pick it up. It just picked up the top half of the car. Oh. But in the um, in the Met, they have people that are experts in in cars. Yeah. Probably like car enthusiasts yeah. or something. I don't know. But that's their area of expertise. And they are able to identify it just by the top that's of it. That's amazing, Yeah, it? it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Jeez. Um, so now we go. So that's the 28th of October. 29th of October. There's a 999 call coming. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is really exciting. In Lambeth, which is also South London, but yep. it's outside of their surveillance area. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This lady's on the phone. Right, and it's so tense. Um, you watched the TV show, didn't yeah. you? It's yeah. where she's on the phone and she's going, I know. It's... There's someone in my house. Oh, it's gut wrenching. You just yeah. want to hurry up and get there. Get yeah. there quick. She, yeah. She's in trouble, please. She's on the phone. It's yep. pitch black. She's going, There's someone in my house. I can hear him. Yep. She, and, then, and, the, and the person, the um, the operator, she's going, Oh, I've got it all here. It's, it, and she's like, um, What did she say? Oh, no, I can hear him. He's in my dining room. Mm. And then she goes, oh, my God, he's on the stairs. I can hear him. Now he's outside my oh door. Oh, God, oh, God. And the, and the lady, you can imagine the poor 999 operator is, you must feel so helpless. Yeah. She's like, just hold on. She's like, stand the line, stand the oh line. God. People are coming. The police will be there yeah. in three minutes. We've dispatched a unit. Anyway, so Minstead walks in, doesn't he? Yeah. Sees her on the phone and yeah. he fucking legs it, doesn't he? Yeah, thinks, oh, shit. Yeah. He's even cut the wires this time. Or was it a mobile? It was mobile, yeah, because oh. it's 2009 by now. Shame on him. Yeah, so, um, yeah, luckily she woke up. fucking big yeah. old Kate, what's that, what are they called? Towers, then. The mobile carrier oh. towers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I <have> that. <laughs> yeah, so literally just as he runs away, mm-hmm. the old Bill turn up. Mm-hmm. There's a young man, this younger police officer. Mm-hmm. He gets out and he gives chase. Right, and he chases Minstead for about three miles, like full out, watching, flat out, chasing that him. Scene, yeah. I just thought, my god, they've got some um, cardio going on there because yeah, it is yeah. a big old run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this police officer, he's got he's a. Uh, He's got his radio, his stab vest, bulky equipment. You know, he's weighed down with a ton yeah. of stuff. Um, but he gives chase and he doesn't give up. He's, con- he's like, literally, this goes on for pages and pages, this chase. You can't believe how long he gives yeah. chase. He, he's not going to give up. No. Um, and eventually, 
he loses him, doesn't he? Yeah. After about band, three miles. It? Yeah, they end up in a car park. Yeah. And it gives him a way to slip away. Yeah. And he loses him. He's just like, how the hell have I know. we done that? But based on that chase, they think they're looking for a much younger man. Yeah. Because um, this fellow, this policeman, mm-hmm. he's in his early 20s and he's really fit. Yeah. And he still can't catch his bloke. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, you, it would be th- easily to believe. Yeah, that he's, he, this yeah. fella's probably in his probably in his 30s yeah because he's been going 17 years so you think he's got to be like in his 30s he can't yeah. be much older than that because he wouldn't be able to he would be like cool yeah. exactly um, that's of god didn't think of it that way oh yeah. yeah yeah exactly so they're literally completely in the yeah. wrong time frame for the age group because when they catch him he's 52 years old fucker exactly anyway so again it just goes to show this tactic that colin's brought mm-hmm. in colin sutton's brought in is is going to work eventually. Yeah. It is going to work. And it hasn't given the game away either because no. he knows the police are chasing him from this 999 call. Mm-hmm. He doesn't realise that he's under surveillance still. Um, so here we are. So then we've got... We're moving on. So a few more weeks go by. We're moving into November now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got the night, 14th slash 15th of November. It's a Saturday slash right. Sunday night. Colin Sutton had the first night off that he's had in the two weeks. Good. And um, so he's at home just chilling oh. and everything. He gets a phone call. We've got him. Oh, what are the chances? I know, we've got him. So what happened, the, the fellas, all of the... Um, oh, I'll say the fellas, that's very sexist. No. The police officers, yeah. the male and female police officers, they're running their normal surveillance as Sophia goes by. Oh. So what they suppose, what they have to do, they don't want to raise attention that yeah, there's surveillance going on in that area, exactly. Yeah. So they they let him go for a couple of miles. They sort of like track him by yeah. CCTV and the air surveillance and stuff. And then they pull him over because he's speeding. And they've got him. Lauren, they've got him. They've nabbed him. They've got him. They go, what's your name? And he gives a false name. You've just said that. The weight of my shoulders, yeah. and it's not my case. Yeah, that I've just gone. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's God. just thank God taking yeah. him out of the picture because he's yeah. been driving around that night. Jesus. And they're like, when they bring him in for questioning, they're like, "Where have you been tonight? Up in nowhere." And you're like, well, "You're lying. You've yeah. definitely been somewhere." Because they went in the car, they find that he's given a false identity because he has got his identification mm-hmm. card in the car. Yeah, that shows that he's called Delroy Grant, and. um he has got the jacket that's on that he's wearing in the CCTV, yeah. and um, obviously then they take his DNA, and it's game over. Bingo, bango, boom. Yes. What was Crazy. his argument with the DNA, Kez? Well, this is this is um, this comes on a little bit later on. First of all, he tries to blame his son. So when the DNA that's comes back... That's what I was getting at, sorry. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. no, because the, there's another thing as well oh, with the okay. DNA. But that's what I was getting at. Yeah. How can you blame your own son? Yeah. Just hold your hands up, mate. You've been caught. Yeah, he tries Some, to... Done. Yeah, he says, oh, yeah, he says, oh, yeah, it's my son. It's my son. You have to be an identical twin, apparently, to have yeah. the same DNA. And watching that, I was, like, just gobsmacked at the depths this bloke's willing to go. Mm. And I'm thinking, ah. Fucking cruel were you to then try and pin this on your son? That's exactly what Colin Sutton says. It's awful. Exactly what he says. Is there no depths he won't stoop to? He's trying to pin it on his own son. He's, yeah, watching it, I was just gobsmacked. I was sitting there like just could yeah. not believe. I know. It's, it's ridiculous. The fella's just complete piece of work. Yeah, so um, there's un- there's no denying he he is... The man they've been searching yeah. for for 17 years. The DNA confirms it. Um, he also had a screwdriver that he used time and time again to remove the putty from the oh, window God, panes, yeah. and he had that as well when, yeah. they, when they searched for him. So when he goes to trial, this will make you laugh. When he goes to trial, he tries to blame his ex-wife Janet Watson. Right. That was um the first the first wife. Yeah, well, yeah that was his first wife, the one yeah. who had two children yeah. and he, he beat her up while she was in labour. Yeah. yeah, so bearing in mind they split up in nineteen seventy nine. Um right. <laughs> I'll read this out to you. Please though. So this is this is what was read out in court. This was this was Delroy's defence. Right. So um first he denies having committed any of these offences. So not a single burglary and certainly not any of the sexual attacks. Instead, the defendant is going to say that he's also a victim in this case. An extraordinary attempt by his ex-wife to frame him. Right? He's going to say that his ex-wife, a lady oh, called Janet Watson, yeah. 
collected and saved samples samples of his body fluids, so both semen and saliva, during their relationship. And then, motivated by malice and in order to satisfy a grudge that she holds against him, she set about this plot to implicate him. Point one, how would she know back in 1979 that in the due course of scientific development that we would be able to recover DNA from semen and saliva? that is a fucking lot of semen for 17 years worth of crimes. She must have lorry loads of it. it. Mm. No, lorry loads of it. 17 years? <laughs> Don't. Just jizzing that lorry for me and I'll go and Thinking it. about the lorry. The Fuck jizz, me. Yeah, the lorry of jizz. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So. He, he's delusional. Yeah. Absolutely delusional. It, it could not, of course, have been Mrs. Watson who carried out the burglaries and the rapes and the other sexual attacks. A man undoubtedly <laughs> committed these. My um, God. So the elaborate plot involves Mrs. Watson using another man to commit the offences and then placing the defendant's semen using a syringe well, at the Take the lorry with the you to, the, to this scene <laughs> and just pop in there and grab a no sample. Ah, joke. It's so it's so crazy, and the thing is, it goes it goes on and on and on. But the thing is, Colin Sutton is pointing out that as ridiculous as this is, they have to address this in court. Oh, they have to pick every point apart and disprove it. They have to do that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I just how it works, yeah. isn't it? it? That's how it works. I just yeah. want to show. I'll throw that in just to show this, you what this what the mind of this man is, and how I just thought it was quite amusing. Um, yeah, so eventually, after the trial was over mm. and the jury deliberated, they couldn't come to a conclusion, even though there was so much evidence. What the fuck? They couldn't come to a conclusion. So after um, after a day or... Oh, I've got the... Mine, mine. Oh, sorry, I can't speak. Huh. Oh. I've got the amount of time here, but I think it's after like a couple of days. Yeah. Um, the judge says... He calls them back in. He says, I will accept a majority verdict. Yeah. So um, this is the 24th of March, 2011. Yeah. So they come back, they have a 10 to 2 guilty mm-hmm. verdict. Right, the reason, obviously they're not allowed to ask why, but afterwards um, someone Collins that I know was chatting to a member of the jury. Yeah. And they said the reason why two of the members of the jury refused to say guilty, and they said right from the beginning they were not going to find him guilty because of mistrust of the police. Really? Yeah, and that's sad. That is. They thought it was a stitch up. No matter, no matter. So how much, no matter how much evidence that two jury members had have seen, they, they were never, never going to convict. Yeah. So yeah, he, he had to go for the majority verdict. Wow. But yeah, so that brings us up to now. Um, Delroy is serving a minimum twenty seven years, and he's in Belmarsh. No parole. So, he's so he'll 10. die. He'll die in prison. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, yeah, he's, he's 60, done ten. About sixty two or something. Yeah. Sixty three. So, yeah, that'll make him 80 if he comes out at yeah. all. So, so, yeah, that brings us up to date, really. It was all a very good... Um, oh, it's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah, such a great case. I loved reading that book by Colin Sutton. Mm. It's called Manhunt, the Night Stalker. Just a little plug there, but it's a fantastic read. And, oh, um, it's brilliant. First-hand account of how they brought that piece of shit to justice, yeah. really. Is there anything a... else you wanted to add while we were on the subject of Delroy, or should we go into our six no, degrees? Let's bring it up a bit. I feel really dragged down by this mad fucker. Yeah, I do. But then, like you said, as soon as we said we got him, yeah. you feel oh, yeah, thank you feel God. more relieved than yeah. upbeat, I suppose. So yeah, yeah let's. Let's Bring it up a notch. Although, to be honest, his crazy story about pinning it on his ex-wife was yeah. made me laugh as well. Yeah, that's true. It it's just, just fucking ridiculous, isn't it? It's a fucking joke. And the fact that the court system means that the police have to disprove every oh, cracker's I fucking know. point is just be, is a massive waste of everyone's time. Um, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, but yeah, fancy that, stashing your, your ex-old man's jizz for 30 years. That, that, that is just, yeah. <laughs> it is I can't believe it I can't believe it I know what a weirdo what a weirdo he is who do you want do you want to go first or do you want I'll me? go and you go first I've talked I've talked way too I know, much today I'll, go all on right, then I'll jump right in so I'm going to go for Martin Clunes who plays Colin Sutton in Mindhunter series one and two mm-hmm. have you done the same one might have done. Oh, <laughs> we'll get there the same way. I was going to say quickly for anyone who hasn't listened before, we're playing the game Six Degrees of Separation, aren't we? Oh, sorry. Yes, so we, we are. Yeah, sorry. We keep forgetting people may not have heard us before. So yeah. we're playing the game where you connect. So we connect in the subject of our 
Yeah. We're connecting the subject of this pod, this week's podcast, Delroy, to... You know what? He's quite presumptuous of us as well. Yeah. Considering only friends and family are listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they'll know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah. we're connecting... Uh, this week we're connecting the uh, serial predator, Delroy Grant, to Kevin Bacon, the actor. Any in means six possible. Steps, six very tenuous steps. Any, <laughs> or less. Yeah. Any means so, possible is what I'm saying. Off we go. So, I've got Martin Clunes, who plays Colin Sutton Mm -hmm. in the Night Stalker series one and two. Fucking great show. Oh, brilliant. And he was in Swing Kings. What's Swing Kings? I'd love to tell you. Google it. Where do you look these things up? Do you go on IMDb? Yeah, basically, yeah. And I'll look at everything they're in and just try and make a connection in which way I can. I've never heard of Swing Kings. Swing Kings. With Noah Weil. There's W-Y-L-E. no such thing as Swing Kings. Well, it's on. This is a Gal Porter all over again. Yeah, true. With Noah Weil, and he was in A Few Good Men with Kevin Bacon. Ah, uh, yeah. Nice. I wish I knew what Swing Kings was. Let me get it up. This is, is it? I want to know is it to do with golf or is it to do with like swing music? Dancing, I'm guessing. Swing dancing. Yeah, <laughs> or is be... that just my hope? Be. <laughs> go on, you go and do your while I look into this Swing Kings. See, I do know what everyone is and what film they're in, apart from obviously Gal Porter this morning when I didn't. Right, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll start with, uh, same as you, Colin Sutton, because um, Martin Clunes played, yeah. played Colin Sutton. I found it, 1993. Yeah, Swing Kings, go on. Mm-hmm. What's it about? A group of teens... A doors for midi music in Nazi Germany just before the outbreak of the world. What's that got to do swinging? They just like the music, swing music. Is it Swing Kids? Ah. Because there's one here called Swing Kids yes, with Christian Bale. Yes, that's the one. Swing Kids. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> that's why we couldn't find it. My mistake. I'm dyslexic, so please just ignore it. Oh, perhaps we should make a film called Swing Kings. I like it. Yeah. It sounds better than Swing Kids. Swing Kids. It looked a bit Bugsy Maloney when I looked it up. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Right, off we go. So, step one, Martin Clunes played Colin Sutton. Mm Mm-hmm. Martin Clunes also was in a film called Shakespeare. (coughs) You all right? Oh, Lauren's choking on her own saliva. All right, I'm back. So sorry. (laughs) That's all right. Oh, right down the wrong hole. <laughs> Did it? Woo-hoo. Yeah, so we've got Martin Clunes studying uh, Shakespeare in Love, and he played um, Richard Burbage in Shakespeare ah, in Love. I liked that film. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I've watched it uh, during lockdown, I think, so I was yeah. like, I really like that film. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, it's got the whole Me Too connotation because it's Max Mara, isn't it? Yeah. And the whole Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. and the Harvey Weinstein thing. Oh. But I was like, ignore that. Just enjoy the film. It's a good film. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's in Shakespeare in Love. Obviously, the star of Shakespeare in Love is Joseph Fiennes, mm-hmm. who, who played Shakespeare. Yeah. Wait, wait. Um, Joseph Fiennes' brother, see, um, instead of going down the link of wow. films, I thought I'm going to go down a family link this week. Wow. So, Joseph Fiennes' brother is Ralph Fiennes. I think he pronounced it Rafe. Rafe Fiennes. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, he's in one of my favourite films. He plays Francis Dollarhide in Red Dragon. Right. You know uh, the Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter yeah. film. Yep, yep, yep. It's such a good film. I love that. And the star, well, one of the other stars of Red Dragon, is Ed Norton. Yep. Such a good actor, isn't he? Oh, I love him. I yeah. love him. He's great. Yeah, he um, been in much lately, has he? I don't know. Actually, I haven't seen him in a lot, no. to be honest. Um, but yeah, so he played the uh, FBI man who was chasing. Francis Dollarhide in Red Dragon. Yeah. Ed Norton, he plays Will Graham in that. And then Ed Norton is also in Fight Club. Oh, Brad Pitt we were, Fight Club. We were talking about that yesterday, yes, weren't we, Yes, we was. We was ooing and ahhing over how fit Brad Pitt oh. is in that film. Might have to have a movie night, eh? Yeah, let's do it. Me, you and girl. Uh, Fight Club, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's in Sleepers with the big, the K, oh. the bacon. Yeah. Have you seen Sleepers? Yeah, I've seen it. It's good, Yeah, isn't it? brilliant film. Yeah, we should watch that as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well done. A lot Thanks than mine. a lot. I love the brother connection. Uh, do you know what? Oh. I was going to go down Josie Fines was Robert Dudley and Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett and I was going to go that route yeah. and I thought, no, do you know what? Because I think a couple tell of weeks... with it. Yeah, <laughs> tell with it. Let's go down the family connection because there's lots of people in that 
famous people in that family. Yeah. But a few weeks ago, I did one with Susan Sarandon, didn't I? Yes. She's married, married to someone. That's so right. I went down yeah. that route as well. So, yeah, it's quite nice to do it a little bit different. Yeah, I like it. I was going to try it with Martin Clunes, actually, because he's the son of a really famous actor. Oh, really? Yeah, I listened to his Desert Island discs, and he's the son of a famous actor, and I thought, I'll do that. I thought, okay, well, stop, being so, stop trying to be too clever. Don't overthink it. No, it's just uh, a game. That's what I love about you, though. You, you come out with the best ways. I'm like, yeah, here we go. I'm lazy, done. I'm just as extra as you, but in my own way. Yeah, I love it. I'm <laughs> done with this. I, I just fit the easiest way I can get there. That's because I stress out about it so much yeah. sometimes. I think it was one of the first ones we did mm. when I took two hours and it left me nowhere, the serpent's daughter. Yeah. Since that moment, mm. I vowed never yeah. to put that effort, effort in again. In. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, thank you very much for listening, people. We thank fully you. appreciate it. And thanks, thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. You're welcome anytime. Love you. Bye. Bye.